church time again. Praise the name of the Lord God. I know that it's hot. But there's not a thing we can do about it. And so let's just worship the Lord. Magnify his name. Some of you got hand fans. Use them as much as you want. We got the other fans going. Amen. There are countries all around this world that God has made that I tell you, they worship the Lord. And it's a lot hotter than this. And they have no air conditioner whatsoever. Amen. So we can make it. I said, we can make it. We can get through. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lord God of heaven. Amen. Let's lift him up in song tonight. Let's magnify the Lord.
that God is great and greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lord. Amen. God is a wonderful God. Anybody got any keys to turn the noise off back there? Amen. I mean, Brother Phillips is going to get it. You just keep on. You just stay right there. We're going to sing another song. We're going to worship the Lord for he is good and he is worthy.
feeling good. I just said, I am feeling good. Inside of this body, there's something happening. I said, there's something happening. It's called a bubbling. Bubbling. Oh, it bubbles so much that it bubbles on some of y'all. Can you imagine if you would catch the bubble? You could catch the bubble. Amen. God is a wonderful God. You can return to your seats this evening. Amen. I see a bunch of those hand bands. You just keep them going. Don't look at the thermostats. Hallelujah. I want to give the Lord praise today. Amen. You know, the Lord God of heaven knows every situation, circumstance, and need that we have. Amen. My siblings and I have been praying about something for years, like two years or more. Some of you are aware of it, and we were basically wheeled some property where we grew up in Florida, and none of us really wanted it, and Friday it sold. Amen. But the beauty of all of this is that it could have sold any time, but God allowed it when it happened because in 22 years, God has always been faithful. 22 more years, he'll always be faithful. 44 or 144 or 1,044, doesn't matter. God remaineth faithful. And even though the world seems to be in a crisis with this and that, inflation, recession, whatever it is, it affects the church as well. Many of you may not realize unless the money is available, my wife and I are receiving nothing from the church at this point. Now, if it's there, we'll receive something. And so that's why I wanted to give God praise with all of this and our faithfulness to Him and our giving and our attendance. In our worshiping, it's not the amount, it's what you have to give. He has supplied our needs, and I'm just wanting to thank him that at the right moment, at the right moment, he allowed it to happen. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord God. Now, I haven't received the compensation yet. This is by faith. I don't know, hadn't got to me yet, but I'm just, right now before it happens, God said, give me some praise on it. It's easy to praise him when you got the check in hand, but it's hard to praise him when you don't know when it's coming, when it may get lost in the mail. It's time to praise him before you got it. 
The message I'm going to preach tonight, it's really the season that we're in in Texas right now. It's going to be, it's going to be so fitting. It's going to be so fitting. Any announcements that you can help with me make? General conference coming up the last week of July in Campbell, Texas. That's Monday the 25th, I believe it is, through that Thursday. If you would like to go, there's hotels all over there in the Campbell area. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord God. Most of the ministry is going, and so we'll determine what we're going to do uh, on Wednesday night that particular week. And we will still have church, but we will determine what we're going to do. Amen. Praise God. And I don't know if there's any other announcements at all. Anybody got anything? Amen. Praise the Lord God of heaven. I would tell you it's hot. I would make an announcement that it's hot, but but that's something that I don't have to announce, and you won't forget it. So as soon as you walk out the doors, the good thing about the heat, let's find something good in heaven. Good thing about the heat is the hotter it got today, the lower the humidity. You're saying, so what? Big deal. The beads are still falling. Honey, if the humidity would have been 30 or 40% when it got to 109 today, you would have been looking at maybe 115 heat index, and you talking about sweat. You couldn't walk to your car without sweating. So thank God when it got hot, the humidity fell. Amen. No other announcements we're going to receive Sunday night. Tithes and half-shekel offering you got a gift coming this time. So good to see you. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord God of heaven.
your hands together, magnify the King of glory. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Our ensemble can be seated. So good to see you this evening. Pastor Brown is with my grandson Titus at home. Uh, took him to the doctor. He has a severe bout of asthma, and they had to give him some very strong steroids, and so that's where he's at. Amen. Praise Gideon. What did I say? Well, I got so many of them. You know how it can be. There, you see them in your mind, but the name comes out. All right. No, Titus is here. Yeah, there he is. Praise the Lord, God of heaven. I tell you what, I didn't realize it until the service started that my message from the Lord tonight goes right in hand with the season that we're in. I mean, I don't know. We've had very little rain. I would say we're kind of in a drought situation. We've had a little here and there, but not near enough. Amen. And so it kind of goes with what I'm preaching tonight. I'm going to be reading over in the book of 1 Kings, chapter number 19, one verse of Scripture, verse number 5. If you are able, please, please kind of keep this morning's message somewhere close by so we can put these two together, all right? Amen. If you didn't get this morning's message, it's there. You can watch it anytime on live stream. 1 Kings 19, verse 5, And as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. You may be seated. Let me read it without the italic and there because it wasn't in the original text. The original read this way. As he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise, eat. Of course, this is in reference to Elijah. You know, you, you really don't have a lot about Elijah, but what you have is powerful. I think the first time you begin to read about him is in 1 Kings 17. And boy, he had a battle with King Ahab and Jezebel. He also had a battle with himself. Even though he was a mighty prophet of God, powerful prophet of God. I don't know about you, anybody that can look at some soldiers <laughs> and just look at them, here comes 50 of them, and the next thing you know, they're all ashes. I'm going to tell you right now, I'd have to go AWOL if the king told me to go find him. And the third time that happened, that captain got a little smart. He basically said, Elijah, be kind. Don't, don't destroy us. We're just following orders pretty much. I mean, what a man of God he was. In fact, you'll find him as a type or John the Baptist as a type of Elijah. You'll find him with Moses on Mount Transfiguration. You don't read a lot of scripture about him, but what a man of God he was. But he was just as human 
as you and I. And even though he had that power and relationship with God, he got afraid, he got weak sometimes, and he hid. I want you to hear what I'm saying. We read about him in chapter 17 where he comes to the king and says, King, it's not going to rain for like three, three and a half years. And then he goes to a brook. That God said, I want you to go to a brook, and I want you to drink out of that brook. And I'm going to have, now listen now, I don't know about you, but I would love to see some ravens come to my house and drop me some nice T-bones and sirloin and chicken and bread. And I mean, can you imagine you're sitting there and, Next thing you know, here come some ravens, and you might think initially they're coming to eat me. Because, you know, a raven is a sign of a death. And here they're coming with food. And so the Lord sustained him. And then from there, after the brook dried up, come on now, the brook dried up. He said, I want you to go on down, and there's a widow woman down there, and and she's going to take care of you. And, And so... Here's this man of God that just told this king it's not going to rain. And I'm going to tell you, that's why I'm saying we've been in this kind of situation right here, and we're worried about this and we're worried about that. I'm not saying we shouldn't take precautions and listen to the Lord and be wise in what he tells us to do. But here he went to find that widow woman, and that widow woman just had a little bit of meal, a little bit of oil, and was gathering some sticks so that she could make one cake. Had nothing in the pantry. Had no beans. Had no spam. Oh, if it got bad, you'd be saying, thank God for spam. You'd learn how to cook it. In fact, I'm going to tell you right now, in my pantry out in the shed, I got me some corned beef hash. Anybody been there? My mama used to make that. I didn't know no better. Vienna sausage. Be amazing what you would eat. Can you imagine going outside and finding an animal, bringing something up and putting it there? You, you, I know some of you right now. Some of you say, I ain't touching that. That's going in the trash. I'm going to tell you a story. I've told this before. I've told this before. I've told this before. This is a true story. That's what I like to tell. Many, many years ago when I was a young man, I went to Alabama to pasture there and worked as a dog catcher and sometimes as a garbage collector on the back of a garbage truck. And it was cold. I mean, when I say it was cold up in the mountains, it was cold. And we were going around and, and they didn't pay much. And, and all of a sudden, they're on the curb in the trash. I saw a turkey. I pushed on it, and you know it was still frozen solid. I said, praise God, this is not going to the dump. I picked that turkey up, took it home. Woo! You're talking about good eating. In other words, God knows where we're at, church, and he's going to take care of us. Whether it's ravens, whether it's a widow, 
Whatever it is, my God knoweth. If I am faithful, he'll be faithful. And so the woman, now this is a lesson on its own. The woman was arguing a little bit with the prophet. Surely she knew who he was. She said, wait a minute now. We just got enough for me and my son. We're going to eat it and die. And he says, no, no, you fade me first. It's a lesson on its own. Amen. And so she did. She baked him a little cake, and he said, until it rains, that barrel mill will not fail, neither that cruise of oil. And do you know, because she took care of the man of God, that she had all of that through the drought period while everybody else was hungry, while everybody else was wondering, what are they going to do because she took care of the man of God? But then... He told Ahab, now I want you to gather all your false prophets. I want you to gather the 450 of Baal. I don't know what happened to the 400 of the groves. You don't read about them anymore. But he said, I want you to get 400 prophets of the groves. That's 850 prophets. And I want them to meet me on Mount Carmel. Do you understand the significance of that mount? That mount is where they worship Baal at. been on top of it that's where they worship lots of woods around there that's where they worship Baal and Baal was supposed to be a God that supplied food and water and they were in a drought and so there he was now we just find the 450 prophets of Baal he gave them all the time that he wanted holler cut yourself jump up and down do whatever then he started making fun of them then he said okay it's my time I want you to get a picture of this now he's been fed by ravens He's been sustained by a widow. He's in a drought. God honored his word. Now he's on Mount Carmel in the devil's territory. Hello, I'm on the devil's territory. This world is not my home. This belongs to the God of this world. But God said, wherever you step, I'm giving it to you. I'm telling you right now. It's sweet when I see God begin to fall in the midst of his sanctuary place. You're not going to like this. You're not going to like it. But this was built on the devil's torbane. Oh, yeah. And so all of a sudden, he said, build up the altar again. Let's pour some water in the trench. Let's set the sacrifice on it. And people, people, he said, would you agree with this? Whatever God answers by fire, he's God. They said, okay. And so the prophets of Baal were wore out. They were bleeding. They were bloody. They were just sitting over there. Oh, man. And this one man, here we go again. One saint of God. One church member. There was no other prophets with Elijah. There was nobody from Israel behind him. Just by himself. He thought he was the only one. One saint of God, hear me. One saint of God to get it down inside of himself to say, I've had enough of the devil's tactics and lies. I'm going to prepare myself in the midst of of a drought, and I'm going to say God call down fire so that we can have the revival. You understand fire fell. 
It consumed the sacrifice. It licked up the dust and the water in the trench. And the people, because of one man's faith, the people shouted and they killed every prophet of Baal. You see, you had a great service whenever you had a great service and you were feeling high. You were ready to tackle the enemy until the devil lied like he lied through Jezebel and told this mighty man of God, I'm going to kill you before the sun goes down. What you did to my prophet's going to be the same thing. Do you know that man ran? Don't, don't, don't be hard on that man because you run all the time spiritually. God tries to give you some raven food. He tries to get you a little bit of meal made and you eat a little bit of it and then you hear a lie from your own mind and your own heart. Next thing you know, you're running back into your little dark cave. And so Elijah begins to run. And before he gets to the cave, you better hear me right now. Before you get to that cave, God's going to try to help you. Listen to me. He don't want you in no cave. He don't want you hiding, shaking, trembling. Looking for him in an earthquake. Looking for him in a great fire. Looking for him in a mighty service. Looking for him in an outpouring. When God says, look, I'm not just in all those things. I can be just in a still, small voice. So what does Elijah do like some of us? You're sitting here, chances are, sometime in your life, because of the adversity, even after the great moves of God that you've experienced, You have said, what's the use? Might as well just give it up. Some of you have went even further to say, God, it's been better for me to die than not to live. Yeah, some of you have. Then a raven comes and you say, oh, God, I'm sorry. Then the brook dries up and you say it again. Trying to teach you something here. This is important. You listen to me. This won't be a long sermon. It's a very important, extremely important message. Elijah goes. God didn't send him to that juniper tree. He went on his own, found a juniper tree, sat down by that juniper tree, said, Lord, enough is enough. I might as well be dead. And fell asleep. How many are sitting right here that are asleep spiritually? In every service, God comes through. Church, in Revelation, the seven churches. What was the minister called? When the angel of the church in Colleen, Texas, 
comes and taps you and says, Arise and eat. So you get excited about a message. You get a little hopeful. You, you begin to partake of the word of God. And before you get home, you're right back asleep. Yes, you are. You're asleep with your own depression, your own mother grubs, your own thoughts, your own problems. You went to bed with it. You say, that's harsh. What's truth? I'm not here to sugarcoat it. That's what's happening. It's what's happening in the churches across the world. They tell the preacher, preach to me. And when he preaches, oh, that sounds good. And then you take it and you go to sleep. Elijah did, mighty man of God. He ate what was cooking on the fire. He drank from the cruise of water at his head. Thought nothing of it. Ate from it. Went back to sleep. Here's a man that experienced the miraculous working power of God. He's running for his life, thinking he's all by himself. And God loved him so much, he says, Arise, eat, Elijah. I wish I could get you spiritual. You see, during the services, you sit there, and I begin to lay a foundation. I read a scripture. I get into the message, and if you're not careful, you're sleeping on me. And, and so something has to nudge you and, and say, arise, wake up, eat. So you get a little bit of it. You get a little nugget of it. You get a little bread of it. Uh, and the next thing you know, you're going back to sleep. Uh, but listen to the verses down. I think it's either... Seven, eight, or nine, listen to what happens. Hear me tonight. Hear, hear me tonight. The Bible says very plainly. Let me get the exact verse if I could because I want to read it. I don't have it down. First Kings 19. Bear with me. I could quote it, but I want to be sure I got it right. Because this is the most important sermon to date that you've heard. There'll be others, I'm sure. But some of you heard this morning. I don't know what you've done with it. But you need to hear this tonight. Verse number 7. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time. And touched him. Why do you think the Lord's touching you? When he touches you, you think it's just to give you a little blessing? He's trying to wake you up so you can eat. My God is a God of blessing, but a blessing cannot sustain you. You can't live for God on just a blessing. 
You gotta have some substance. You gotta have something that sticks to you. angel touched him. And you know, in the Old Testament, many times when it says the angel, it was God himself. So I'm believing God woke him the first time and said, man of God, servant of God, get up and eat. And then he ate and he went back to sleep. And then he came the second time, basically like he did in the garden of Gethsemane when he said, how come you can't watch with me an hour? Oh, my Lord of heaven. And he came the second time and touched him. I don't know about you, but I felt the hand of God many times touch me. But it wasn't just to have doodads running on me. It wasn't just to say, oh, my God, I love that touch, and I do. I I love the touch of God. But God is trying to get me to open up uh, and hear and eat uh, and get something. Touching the second time. And said the second time, Arise, eat. Arise, eat. Now you better listen to me because it's not getting any better. It won't get any easier. But I'm telling you right now, sweet pea, don't worry about what the other churches are doing. Don't worry about whatever's happening there, good or bad. It's not even Revelant to you. What's revelant is what are you doing here? What are you eating here? Where are you sleeping here? He said, rise, eat. Because the journey because is, the journey is, too, great for is too great for you. You can't make it until the rapture if you're not eating. If you're sleeping, look out. You may be one of the five foolish virgins who were sleeping until he came but had no meat, had no oil for the lamp. But the five wise versions, they slept, but they slept with a full belly. Pastor, you just don't know the problems that I'm under. I may not know, but I'm telling you those problems uh, doesn't keep you from eating the natural food. You say, well, it may have. Well, I can see you. while you're laughing we can look in the mirror we haven't missed too many meals and we still got the problems you know something I've learned a good meal doesn't take away any of my pro- you can call it it what do they call it what do they call that food when you're eating it's a it's a feel-good food it's a comfort food huh comfort food comfort food. oh honey tonight I gotta have some comfort food you know ice cream Cookies, hamburger, you know, comfort. I wake up the next day and things are just like they were. All God feeds me is comfort food. When he touched him the second time, you better listen. Rise, eat, for the journey is too great for thee. thee. Jezebel was still after him, 
He was still afraid for his life. But he got up the second time and he ate the comfort food that the angel prepared. And do you know he went in the strength of that food for 40 days and night. He didn't eat again. I'm telling you, why aren't you eating, truly eating the messages that you've been hearing? Have we become so dull of hearing that we just hear it, but we do not consume it? sit there and wrestle with your own emotions. You get so accustomed to your sleep. Have you ever found yourself hard getting out of bed? Well, that's where some of you are spiritually. You can't get out of the bed. You get hungry enough. It's amazing to me what bacon and eggs smelling in the home, coffee brewing. Not for me, coffee. But <laughs> you can imagine. That's coming to the first things you say when you get up, isn't it? Not that I got to brush my teeth, comb my hair. I'm hungry. Because if you eat properly, you've been fasting now for about eight to ten hours. I'm hungry. Why aren't we that way with God? Elijah was a mighty prophet of God, but he was just as human as you and I. And God had to wake him up twice. So the next time you get a touch, Rejoice, be glad, respond, but understand he's touching you to wake you up. Okay, all right, okay, let me, okay, all right, let me give you an illustration, okay, let me give you an illustration. I've traveled with this man, and he can sure sing. Oh, yeah. Time to get up. That ain't just saying it's time to get up. You think, uh uh-uh, most people, you got to go, get up. And most of us, when the Lord does that, we do what our teenagers do. Some of you older adults still got the teenage habit. You just roll back over, pull the covers up. That's what you're doing with God. That's what you're doing with God. God, come get out of that bed. It's high time you wake up for our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. What are you doing pulling the covers up? You ought to be out. Breakfast is ready. So sensitive that when you wake up, you get up. And I'm going to tell you why. 
Because if you lay there, you're going to get lazy. And that's when most of the bad thoughts and dreams come to you. Why do you think you have a dream right before you get up? That is God's way of stirring you. Get up. You've been in bed long enough. Well, Lord, I've only had six hours. Should have went to bed earlier. I gave you light and dark. When the sun goes down, it's time to go to bed. children of the night. I'm going to tell you, I know some of you will never experience this, but the morning is the best time of the day. When I'm up at 5 o'clock, 5.30 or so, I go outside, put them dogs up so they don't bother me. I go find me a chair. I'm just communing with God before the sun comes up. And as it's coming up, there is no better time to seek him early than the freshness. Oh, I didn't, I didn't intend to go so long, but I've got another teaching point. The longer you stay in bed, the less you're going to pray that day. Well, God, Lord bless you. Lord, help me. And you're out the door. You get up early. You got time to say, okay, I got some time to pray. You see, what God is doing in these last days is trying to wake the church. Not just wake them. Not just wake them. But to get them to eat. Not drink. Not drink milk. Eat some meat. Quit being babies. Start understanding. In this life, we will have tribulation. Be a good cheer. He's overcome this world. Amazing what the anointing can do with a hurt body. Next time you sit, tonight, come on, you will eat tonight. No matter what your problem is, no matter how you feel, you're going to say, you know, I'm depressed. I might as well eat. I'm through with this diet. I might as well eat. Bring it out. We all are probably guilty of why is it we can't eat what God is trying to feed us in the midst of our emotional battles? Listen to me. No matter what you're facing, no matter what I'm facing, it's how I deal with it emotionally and spiritually will make all the difference in the world. Put your hands together, magnify the King of glory. Arise, eat. For the journey is too hard for thee. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord shine his face upon you.
looking forward to Wednesday. You're dismissed.